0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. They only place with the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football game over the next week from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, i going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news on pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet where the game starts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Murray podcast. Before we're going to break, we discuss the plan for this episode. Once again, going to talk about the upcoming Week 17 game for the Niners as they travel to take on the Commanders. But any of that, do want to recap what happened in Week 16. Unfortunately, it was a pretty rough Christmas for the Niners and for us, as the Niners ended up losing pretty handily against the Ravens at home. And as for our picks, ended up going 0-2. We did a lean to the Niners at home, and we leaned to the under, which did not get there as you had a touchdown by Darnold in the fourth quarter. But either the way, point is the Ravens really dominated the game after halftime as they outscored the Niners 17-7, to and the Niners really barely led. In the entire game, so to go through the actual stats here, uh, Lamar Jackson did very well as he catapulted himself into being the MVP frontrunner. As he had 252 yards and two touchdowns, while he also had 45 yards on the ground. As for Gus Edwards, he had 31 yards and a touchdown, and that was basically it for the ground game. As for the receiving core, you saw Zay Flowers lead the team with 72 yards and a touchdown on nine catches, likely at 56 yards. Gus Edwards had one catch for 39, and you also ended up seeing Justice Hill have 31 out of the backfield. Uh, Odell really didn't do much as he had two catches for 13 yards. And that was basically it for the receiving core. As for the uh, defense though, for the Ravens, they were really, really good, especially against the pass, because the story of the game was Brock Purdy, who basically turned into a pumpkin uh, as he was atrocious the entire game. Now he was running for his life. So I will give some credit to the Ravens pass rush because Purdy was uncomfortable the entire night. But Purdy was brutal as he ended up having four interceptions. He went 18 of 32 for 255 yards, zero touchdowns, four picks, a QBR of eight. That's out of 100, a QBR of eight. And Lamar, for comparison, had a QBR of 86.3. Now, because of that bad performance, the Purdy MVP dream is basically dead as he is now, I think, the fourth or the fifth Favorite, As opposed to being the clear favorite to win the award. He's not going to win it. A lot of people were waiting for Purdy to revert back to being a, I don't want to say a system quarterback, but a lot of people were skeptical on his ability to maintain this level of play. I was skeptical of him playing this well moving forward, but I didn't think he'd fall off a cliff this quickly. But Baltimore's defense is probably the best unit in the entire league. So it was a little bit shocking to the degree that he struggled with, but I didn't think he would be dominant going to this game. It's one of the reasons why I did lean to the under. Darnold came in for relief, and he was actually pretty good as he ended up having 81 yards and a touchdown. Did throw a pick there, but still, Darnold was basically put into garbage time, and he looked decent in the process. Did take a really bad sack, though, towards the goal line when they had a shot to cut it to within one possession. But either way, McCaffrey, though, was very good as he had 14 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown. So McCaffrey's MVP hopes are still alive, but Purdy's are definitely dead. Besides that, you saw Ayuk have 126 yards and seven catches. Uh, Sorry, uh, Iok had 113 and six catches. Kittle had 126 and seven catches, and Debo had four catches, 447. McCaffrey had six catches, 428, and Ronnie Bell did catch a touchdown, uh, so that was his contribution to the receiving core. As for the defense, though, I mentioned before that Lamar did get sacked twice. The sacks were broken up. Accordingly, you had Hargrave, who had won Randy Gregory at half a sack, and Chase Young at half a sack. As for the Ravens defense, they ended up sacking Purdy and Darnold to combine four times. You saw Van Noy, who had one, uh, Brent Urban had two, and Jadavion Clowney, who has been pretty solid this season, ended up having one. As for the actual interceptions for Baltimore, you ended up seeing – a pretty solid showing by Kyle Hamilton, who was phenomenal as he ended up having two interceptions. Marcus Williams had one. Patrick queen had one and Marlon Humphrey had one. So, the Niners forced no turnovers. That was kind of the story of the game, as Purdy couldn't stop turning it over. Darnold also had one, so the Ravens won the turnover battle 5-0, and that's why they won the game. If You, you can't win many games in the NFL, if any, if you lose the turnover battle by 5, and we ended up seeing that on full display on the Christmas Day uh, a game. So, unfortunately, the Niners did end up having their winning streak snapped. Luckily, the division's already over, so they have that in their back pocket, but there are some teams breathing down their neck for the actual one seed in the NFC, as you have the Eagles and the Lions both winning last week, as now all three teams are at 11-4. and four. So it's a three-way tie for the one seed. Now, if the Niners do win out, they will get it anyway. But the point is, they have some a little bit of pressure added to them, or at least motivation, to not fully pack it in for the rest of the season because they are currently ahead via tiebreaker, for the actual one seed, but they got to win out, basically. So anyway, point is, not a good show by the Niners. Purdy was bad. I'm not going to fully overreact to it. It was one really bad game. He was a seventh-round pick who was playing really good football for basically the last year and change. So I'm not going to criticize him too heavily for it. It was a really bad game. He also left the game, allegedly, with an injury. He might have just been benched but he did log a full practice on Wednesday. So he should be healthy. He should be in the lineup, and now they're going to try to take advantage of a Commanders team that has fully quit on the season. Now, to go through the Commanders last week, they had an absolute circus game against the Jets because they were down basically 20 immediately in that game, then had a thrilling comeback with backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett, took the lead, and then lost on a field goal basically at the buzzer. So the Commanders came back from 20 nothing down, And 27 to 7 at the half. Then they led with about a minute and change to go, and you ended up seeing Trevor Simeon lead the Jets on a field goal drive, which resulted in Zerline hitting a 54 yarder with five seconds left, and the Jets won by two. Now the commanders are 4 and 11. Ron Rivera's time is going to end very shortly. I'm curious if his desk is already packed up or not, but the Commanders have been on a massive losing streak as they have lost each of their last six games, and they've lost eight of their last nine. The sad part is that to go through those losses that they've had in the six-game losing streak, only one of them has been by less than seven points, and that was last week's game against the Jets, who we ended up seeing struggle pretty heavily in that first half against the Browns. The Jets aren't a good team, so losing by two there is not exactly a positive a way to spin things it's a pretty bad loss in general but now you ended up seeing a quarterback change for the commanders because with Brissett playing well in the second half they ended up benching Sam Howell and Brissett will be the starting quarterback for this game now to go through the actual stats for the Commanders, Sam Howell was really bad it was one of the worst quarterback performances of the year you could argue that Purdy's was up there as well but at least he broke 250 in passing yards Sam Howell Went six of 22 for 56 yards, two touchdowns, no, uh, sorry, two interceptions, and no touchdowns, sack one time. I said before that Purdy's QBR was basically eight. Hal's QBR was 1.7. It was one of the worst quarterback performances of the entire season. He was rightfully benched in that game. And Brissett was pretty good as he ended up going 10 of 13 for 100 yards, one touchdown, no picks, sack zero times, and had a QBR of 95.3. That for the ground game, uh, Brian Robinson, did not play. So you ended up seeing Rodriguez take over as the starter. And he was pretty good as he had 58 yards and a touchdown, uh, two touchdowns on 10 carries. You saw Antonio Gibson have one touchdown and 30 yards. Uh, Brissette had a scramble for 10 yards. That was basically it for the receiving core. Nobody broke 50 plus yards as no nobody broke uh, 50 yards as McLaurin led the team with 50 Logan Thomas had a touchdown and 36 yards on five catches. Dotson had 31 yards, basically it for the receiving core as for the defense, This Washington defense has been a mess for a long time. Giving up 30 points to the Jets is embarrassing. And to make matters worse, Simeon is basically a statue back there, and they had zero sacks. Now, Simeon was not very good, as he had 217 yards on uh, 27 of 49, uh, throwing the ball, one touchdown, one interception. He was sacked zero times, QBR of 14.7. So Simeon wasn't good, he was just better than Howell. That was all that really took for the first half lead. As for the ground game, Brees Hall was good, 95 yards and two touchdowns on 20 carries, which is a good sign for McCaffrey to potentially get back into being a serious MVP, potential favorite in this matchup uh, if he can go for a big game. Brees Hall also had 96 receiving yards on 12 catches. So Hall touched the ball 32 times and had north of 190 yards. So he was incredible in that game. As for the rest of the receiving court, Garrett Wilson at 76. Uh, You saw Brown leave a touchdown and eight yards receiving. And I said before that there was an interception uh, by Simeon. I want to just backtrack for a second. Interception was by Cody Barton. As for the Jets defense, you saw the interception. uh, uh, To go through the interceptions, Quincy Williams had one, and Tony Adams had the other one as the Commanders threw two picks. They were both from hell, though. As for the fumbles, you saw Jameson Crowder lose a fumble on a punt return and you also ended up seeing uh, for the Jets Simeon lose a fumble. So it was a very ugly game between two bad teams, but the Jets weren't as bad as the Commanders and as a result the Commanders are now 4 and 11. So moving on to the week 17 game, the Niners are favored by a ton on the road and rightfully so. Now, you can make an argument that this is one of the best get right spots imaginable because they ended up losing handily at home in a big game And now they have a matchup against a bottom feeder, one of the worst teams in the league, a team that should be picking bottom five in the upcoming draft, a team that's also one in five straight up at home. The Niners are laying 12 and a half, and the over-under is set at 49 and a half. Now, I do have to acknowledge the injury report, because Debo's questionable. Trent Williams got injured midway through the Ravens game. His status is up in the air. As for the Commanders, Brian Robinson's questionable. Uh, Rodriguez, though, was added to IR, I believe, so he's not going to be playing as the running back who looked pretty good in a fill-in start spot in the last week's game against the Jets. But simply put, I want to briefly talk about the actual decision that the Commanders made to switch quarterbacks. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because it's basically a 49ers podcast, but still, I don't understand what some coaches are doing around the league. And that comes to... The decision to tank or the decision not to tank. You can argue Ron Rivera is trying to save his job. And no matter what happens, he's gonna get fired. He's not keeping his job. They're four and eleven. They brought him the enemy to be the head coach in training. He's gonna get the job. Like uh, R- 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 Rivera is gonna be fired after the year. So I can understand on one hand, he's trying to save his job. On the other hand, does winning the last two games and finishing six and eleven? Change anything? Not at all. So the question I have, though, is that you have a young quarterback in Hal who played, I think it was one or two games last year. So he's basically a rookie and he was really bad last week. But Sam Hal is also, once again, a young quarterback and the season's over. So why are you benching him for a journeyman veteran? I, I don't understand the actual thought process by using Brissett. Now, once again, Brissett was good last week against the Jets in relief, but that doesn't change the fact that we know what Brissett is. He's a pretty good backup quarterback, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when your season's already over, why would you use the veteran instead of trying to let the young guy learn from his mistakes or at least get some reps? The whole thing doesn't make any sense. So I wanted to briefly mention that. I think the Niners, even when they were tanking or when they were just bad and they had some injuries to Garoppolo, et cetera, before Purdy showed up, They were bad for a couple of years. They're using Nick Mullins. They had Bethard as their quarterback for a little bit. At least they were letting young guys try it out. They weren't bringing in some veterans. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a comp. I can't really say Joe Flacco because he's been really good, but you get my point. Like a random uninspired veteran just to try to hold the position down. Like the, the 49ers during those years were pretty bad and they kind of embraced it, which is why they got a couple of really good draft picks which Lynch did well on, but still the point is you're looking, or for the most part, um, you can argue some of the picks didn't work out with uh, Solomon Thomas and Trey Lance, but still the point is the Niners at least embraced the fact that they weren't going to be good those years and started to let young guys potentially prove why they deserve a roster spot on the upcoming year's team. The commanders are using a veteran who we already know what he is. brissett has been in the league for a long time and you're going for some stability With a season that's already a lost cause, like I don't get it. The commanders are better off losing, and you could argue that Hal gives them a better chance of losing. But even besides that, don't you want to find out if your young quarterback is worthy of actually staying with the team for the next year or two? I just feel like it makes more sense to let Hal learn from his mistakes, potentially get his ass kicked, but still, you'll at least get to learn more by seeing more reps from him. Starting to Brissette proves you nothing. Like, I don't know what the point is, but the Commanders are going to do it because Rivera's that desperate to keep his job. But anyway, the point is Niners are a big favorite, and the total's pretty high. Simply put, I'm taking the Niners. I'm not going to spend much time going through the what-ifs. Brissett was good against the Jets' defense. They gave up 300 yards and three touchdowns to Flacco on Thursday. So I know Flacco's had a good year. I get it. He might win comeback player of the year, but still, the Jets' defense was kind of leaking oil for a long time and the defense for the Commanders has been atrocious all year long, and Simeon put up 30 points against that defense. So I think the Niners, especially after Purdy, was awful in the game against the Ravens. You can argue it was rock bottom for his season, but still, uh, I can make a Brock bottom joke there, but I'm not going to. But anyway, point is, I do think the Niners bounce back. I know it's a road game, but Commanders are 1-5 at home. Nobody goes to their games anyway. Who cares? But the Niners, I do think, will be very motivated to get back on track. It's a great get-right-tune-up spot against a team that is a lost cause. Give me the Niners to win this game comfortably. I think they might be up 14-0 after a quarter. This game might get ugly. Maybe Brissette can move the ball. We saw Kyler have some success moving the ball as they put up 29, the Cardinals did, against the Niners a couple weeks ago. But still, I do think the Niners offensively will potentially score 35-40 to in this game because the Commanders can't stop anybody I do think the Niners will be able to run it up on them. and they'll be able to score a lot of points, and I do think the Niners will be able to get the job done here. So I am going to go with the Niners minus 12 and a half. And I'm also going to go with the over in this game. I'm sure a lot of people might be tempted by the under because you have Brissette at quarterback, and you're looking at the Niners' defense being in a solid bounce-back spot. The Niners' defense, I do think, should be able to have some success against Brissette, but still, the point is I do think the Commanders, whether it's garbage time or not, Can still move the ball to some degree. The Niners defense has been good, but not great recently. And I do think that Brissett can lead his team to 10 plus points, 14 plus points in this game. I said the Niners before might score 35 or 40. So I am expecting the Niners to do most of the heavy lifting here. But give me the Niners to really put a ton of points on the board. And I do think you can argue that calling off the dogs is not going to be on the agenda. For Shanahan after what happened last week. The starters might play a lot, and I think the Niners are gonna be really focused on trying to end the negativity in the locker room before it spreads. So give me the Niners to bury this team. If you want a score prediction, they really might score 40. Uh I'm gonna go with a 38 to we'll go 38 17. That'll be my call for the game. I think the commanders will be able to score, whether it's garbage time or not. The Niners might have a defensive touchdown. They might score a bunch of points through the air or on the ground. McCaffrey might go nuts here, so keep an eye out for him. But give me the Niners to win this game comfortably and give me the over in this game. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, though, the Week 17 episode for the Niners and Commanders game. We'll back once again next week for the final week of the regular season. Going to be interesting scheduling-wise if the Niners do end up running the table here to end the season. Because they'll have a bye. So we might have to not take a week off, but we're going to have a pretty interesting uh, gap week to figure out what our approach is going to be. But either way, point is the Niners hopefully get the job done and hopefully get one step closer to clinching the one seed in the NFC. Week 18, by the way, they are going to be taking on the Rams. And the Rams will be playing for something because they are still in the thick of the wildcard race. So that should be interesting. But until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.